Hi, friends. It's Randy and Jess, and we're going to cut the bullshit. And let's get into women's mental health. Welcome to the podcast, Unapologetically All Over the Place with Randy and Jess, where we talk about women's mental health issues and how it's all normal. In this episode, we will talk about the diagnosis of bipolar. We're going to walk through the different types of bipolar and what they mean and how they are treated. We're also going to explore Selena Gomez's recent documentary and how her diagnosis of being bipolar and why it's so important that she shared her experiences. Mm -hmm. So have you guys ever thought, my moods are all over the place, maybe I'm bipolar? Why are so many celebrities bipolar? Why do people joke about being bipolar? Does bipolar ever go away? And what causes being bipolar? Right. Those are all great questions. Yeah, and very valid questions. And I think um, bipolarism is something that we just don't talk about enough. Mm -mm. We joke about it. Oh, I'm being moody. I'm bipolar today. Right. We do joke about it a lot. Um, and I think that kind of discounts um, how serious bipolar diagnosis can be. It's hard to diagnose bipolar sometimes. It's so tricky because it can mimic other stuff. It's a mental illness and it causes like dramatic shifts in somebody's mood or energy or like their ability to think clearly. Yeah, some really major mood shifts. And not just like I'm moody and PMSy moody, but like extreme highs and lows. Yes, very, very, very right. Extreme like and very, very low. So it's not just like a normal everyday kind of like up and down. It's like, wow, like this is changing my whole personality and I can't cope at all. Right. I once had someone, um, I had asked him, what is it like being bipolar? And she said, you know, when I'm being in my highs, my manics, mm -hmm. she says, I feel like if I could bottle me up and sell me, the world should see, should feel this. Mm -hmm. But on her low lows, she'd be like, I can't get out of bed and I haven't showered in a week. Right. So yeah. real so, dramatic. Yeah. And so it's like your total ability to almost function is just like disintegrated. Mm -hmm. So the average onset is about 25. Mm -hmm. It can happen in teenagers. Um, more uncommon is when they're littles. Um, we don't typically will say bipolar. We want to wait for them to be older, 18 and above. Yeah, it usually, like you said, like when you're in your, um, you know, adulthood, kind of early adulthood, and you have like maybe like a hormonal shift and things like that. Well, and it's hard, right? Because teenagers are moody. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. So that's why, I mean, people say that offhandedly, too. Like, oh, my God, my teen is so bipolar. And, you know, with like TikTok trends and stuff, like mm -hmm. people showing clips of like small like mood changes and stuff. And people are like, I have that, you know, and it's like, so it's really hard only seeing a small clip of somebody and what they're experiencing and knowing if that is truly what somebody is going through. Well, and we throw that name around bipolar so much, but it really only affects about 3% of the population. Right. It's right? a very small, well, that are diagnosed and even diagnosed correctly is probably a smaller right. uh, rate of people. So let's talk symptoms, because if we run through these symptoms, the first part is mood. In this can be what? Mood swings, Sadness, uh, uh, like a high feeling of mood, um, extreme low sadness, anger, anxiety, um, apprehension, euphoria. Mm -hmm. So like extreme like happiness, like kind of like out of the blue, feeling discontent with your life, kind of off balance or like extreme guilt. 
utter hopelessness. Um, what other things kind of come into play to that? Well, and we start looking at like the behavioral, right? Because mm-hmm. as a therapist, I have to look at a couple of different things, right? right? Well, we do. And so like behavioral, you know, we look at like risk-taking behaviors. That's one of the huge key it signs is. that I look at, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about like recklessly driving. Right. Or like um, putting yourself in like situations that are dangerous, mm-hmm. um, having a lot of maybe like having like unprotected sex or something lots like that, it. like yeah. lots of that, like, you know, almost like feeling kind of like you're, you're like a nymphomaniac, but like out of the blue, right? It's like not your normal character. And right. then all of a sudden you have like this influx, like this hyperactivity that you and this impulsivity that you're doing like nonstop. Well, and that's why it gets so um, mixed up with ADHD is because of the hyperactivity impulsivity piece. Right. Yeah. Right. Because it they, they kind of mimic each other. It's a really hard one. It is because um, I in college and stuff when I was undiagnosed, I can see because I was very like impulsive and reckless and things like that in my behavior, you know, and finding out that I was ADHD, like I understood that, but I didn't have like the manic, like euphoria or like grandiose ideas is kind of like what the technical term is where you think like, you know, like I'm the king of the world, like kind of thing. I'm amazing. Right. Yeah. And the other is Mm self-harm. All of it is self-harm. And that's like too much drinking, too much, too much excessive anything that's causing harm, not just physical harm to yourself. Yeah. I had seen like a video of a girl that was talking about one of her episodes with um, bipolarism. And she was saying like, she just like got in the car and she drove cross country like by herself at night and like the whole time like just nonstop and she like in her pajamas and just and then she got you know to the other side of the U.S. and was like what did I just do right because now you gotta undo that right and she had like she didn't tell anybody like where she was going what she was doing like you know and then she was like saying but like I was in kind of like this manic state and like I could have hurt myself or gotten an she almost kind of like blacked out you know like when it happened you're you kind of go like on this autopilot high the racing thoughts the false belief of like that you are the god or the amazing person yeah like i'm the best at this like everybody loves me like yeah these like extremes are like i can fly off this building like no you can't you know but like your thoughts are just like so impulsive and like coming to the front of your mind Mm -hmm. that you almost you have no control over it almost and those are the ones that are typically easier to diagnose right because then when you have the depression that's the i'm so depressed and then i don't know why i'm depressed Mm -hmm. or i'm not able to shower or i'm not eating so you have either or i'm eating too much Right. I mean, it just seems to mimic so many other things. Yeah. Because then a lot of times people can think, well, I'm just depressed. Well, there's like different levels of this. Right. Mm -hmm. And usually with bipolarism, it is like such a deep kind of depression, but you kind of pair it too with like those up and downs. And also something to note too is that you can become very like paranoid too. Yes paranoid, almost like a tweaker, Mm -hmm. right? And then the other one that's really, that not that's really easy, but that's easier is the less sleep, need for less sleep. Like they're up all night on Amazon ordering new hobby books. Right. That show, you know, the next day when they no longer want to do them. Yeah, exactly. 
And with those things, you can like too, like with the depression and like you said, like the eating or stuff, you can gain weight or you can have extreme weight loss too. Like mm-hmm. if you're like, if you're on like a manic, you know, kind of high and you're like going, going, going and you're not sleeping and you're not focusing on, you know, eating and things like that, you can like lose weight. And sometimes these episodes, whether they're a high or a low, they can last for, sometimes they can last for a couple of days. Sometimes they can last for months. Sometimes they can also, we'll talk a little bit more, but they can actually what we call like rapid, rapid uh, cycling. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I'm mm-hmm. like, what is that word again? Um, and you can go through it all in a day. It so could, you can do like high, low, high, low, high, low, high, low. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah, it could be hours, you know, and yeah. then you do something like really harmful, you know, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, what just happened? Exactly. You know? I think that. The way we I describe it to a lot of uh, my clients is that, you know, they haven't figured out exactly like one reason for being bipolar, right? Mm-hmm. There isn't just one thing. Um, typically, it's genetics. It is if your parents are bipolar, you have a good chance of being bipolar. Mm-hmm. Another one, you know, is if there's a lot of stress. Um, But I don't see that one as much. No, I haven't either. That one I see more of a personality disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, And they talk about how, I mean, most of the time I focus on the genetics piece. I see genetics and I've seen um, a lot of genetics paired with like post-traumatic stress disorder, like Mm. things that have like triggered or um, also like the brain structure and function, like some people's brains are developed a certain way or if you're exposed to trauma at a young age your brain pathways can be developed a certain way and so you might not be as resilient to things that happen in your life and so this could paired with genetics kind of trigger Trigger it yep yeah this to kind of like onset the other thing we don't talk about enough too is that if you have bipolar you don't always get diagnosed because it doesn't always get triggered right because mm-hmm. of the genetics right i've seen women where there's a 1 in 4 chance that having a baby is going to trigger your being bipolar mm-hmm. so you could always be this person who yeah okay a little reckless a little this a little that but mm-hmm. nothing extreme until you have a child, mm-hmm. right? And so you have four kids, odds are one of them, you can end up in a dissociative episode mm-hmm. um, because of it. All of a sudden. And it's a lot of times women especially don't want to get diagnosed with this or they don't understand they need to go talk to somebody because they said, well, I- I've done this before and I've never felt this way. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but now's different. So I don't understand. Well, every time you have something else, your body is going through a whole new shift, mm-hmm. trauma, uh, hormone changes. So yeah. it's never going to be the same. Even if you've had like one, two, three, four, five kids before, and you've never had this issue, and all of a sudden you're facing this issue, but I, it doesn't make sense. And it's like, it does make sense because your body has totally changed, like genetically, yeah. physically, hormonally, every single time it's something different. And so it's like, as women, we need to be aware of those things. And it's like, not just bipolarism. There's so many things like um, stress and childbirth can bring on. Like trauma of childbirth. uh, We can get hold. Well, yeah. And also like other illnesses and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like my mom, her, she had rheumatoid arthritis, but it wasn't triggered until after she had me. Ah, So it was the stress and her body changing that brought that you know, dormant gene, you know, and activated it. 
things like this, like in mental health and, you know, your physical health and emotional well-being that can be triggered from life stresses. Yeah, I think every mom, every child should just get a therapist right away and right. keep going. I really right. think, you we know. We all need one on tap. Just leave one. On, yeah, just, yeah, just have one you can call. We go back to bipolar. Mm-hmm. There are four different types of bipolar, right? right? Even me, I get confused. And about so these. this is why it's hard for like the general public to understand yes. this and to and to digest it because it's like even it's hard, you know, for us who have had the schooling with it because yep. there's so many facets of it. Right. So the one that we all commonly know is bipolar one. That's the one where they've experienced one or more episodes of mania, which is like the 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 high highs. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that are typically easier to diagnose because that's the risky behavior. That's the, you know, extreme. Yeah. And so and and their manic episode has to have lasted like seven days. So like it would be like a parent that somebody has been in a manic state for like seven days and stuff. Though that can be hard because sometimes people like that's all they know of that person. And so they know them cycling and they're just think like, that's normal. And it's like, uh, maybe not to like an outside observer. And that's why when you have a therapist, oftentimes I get clients out come to me for depression or anxiety. And after working with them for a while, then you can kind of pick up on the behaviors and you're like, this is something different, Mm -hmm. right? And then because they don't always describe it as that high and low. And so the one that doesn't get diagnosed as commonly is the bipolar 2 disorder. Right, because it's harder to diagnose that, to see that, right? Because it's like they're shifting through a depressive episode with the hypomanic episode. Which is more, so you don't have a a super manic, you don't get the high highs and extremes. It's more of the low, low lows, which I've seen those before. They don't necessarily have the high. And then the third type is, oh my God, I can never say this one right. Can you say this one? I don't know. Cyclothymic. Cyclo- See, we don't Cy- use that one very often, yeah, apparently. Cyclothymic disorder or cyclothemia. Which is basically an unstable mood where they experience hypomania and mild depression for like two years. I mean, this is somebody typically who's I, I pretty severe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're always kind of cycling in and out of that, like, and it's a constant in your life. Right, and they don't have a lot of normal, like no. normal moods. It's either one or the other. Yeah. And it's not maintained and it's not controlled. It's it's that way. Right. And then the fourth one we just do is the not otherwise specified or unspecified. It's kind of when we're not really sure, you don't meet the full criteria for any of them, but we think there's definitely more than a mood disorder. I'm losing everybody. I know. Yeah, no, everybody's like, what? what? Yeah. Don't worry about it. It's just like, you know, they're, you don't quite meet all the A, B, or C, so it kind of puts you in this category. Yeah, we do. And that's just for insurance purposes, which is, you know, ridiculous, but they want to label everybody. So here we are. <laughs> okay. so, so how do we treat? Okay. How do we treat it? Or how do people get treatment for it? Most treatment starts with your therapist. Mm-hmm. You got to do therapy, um, CBT, DBT is really good for these. Yeah, cognitive behavioral therapy dialectical behavioral therapy. Yeah, if you guys want all the technical yeah. terms. DBT, CBT. Most of the time it's going to be medications, mood mm-hmm. stabilizers, learning how to what? 
manage your stress. Coping skills, we call it like a toolbox, you know, of like skills, which usually you learn like hand in hand and like therapy or like group therapy or things like this, like things that you can use um, to combat these things when you kind of see that maybe you're going to start cycling or you're going to go into a manic episode or you see yourself slipping into depression, you would, you know, implement these coping skills to help you. Right. And that's what your therapist will help you work on when you start feeling like this, because oftentimes we have to learn what our, we know what triggers are, right? Right. Um, Triggers are the things that upset us or that trigger something else. Right. But most people don't pay attention to what the warning signs are. Mm -hmm. And so that's something I always teach in therapy is what is a warning sign? Like um, an example, not on bipolar, but like on anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, I have people tell me that sometimes like, you know, their hands sweat. Okay. They get hot when nobody else is hot. So they're seeing like these physical warning signs. Yes, your body. And then usually you're like, okay. And then you can think back like, wait, what's trigger me? Like, or because a lot of mental health too coincides with physical symptoms. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's great thing to note and for people to put into their toolbox. Absolutely. Because most time people, they go, oh, I'm having an anxiety attack. I can't breathe. I'm like, okay, you've missed like the other five to 10 warning signs mm-hmm. your body gave you. Mm-hmm. So that way you could step aside. Yeah. Sometimes with bipolar, you can pay attention to these warning signs and triggers. Sometimes it happens. Yeah, and it just comes out of nowhere. Comes and like out of nowhere. you on your ass. Yeah. Right. So. And I think that's why... A lot of times medication is the go-to with this because you are battling something that's genetic. So it's like hardwired, you Mm -hmm. know, basically into you. And it's like, so you need these coping skills and you need these to learn your warnings, you know, signs and, uh, you know, your triggers and stuff and, and talk to people about it. But also like, how do you combat like when your body is hardwired a certain way and your brain thinks a certain way? And with the medications, oftentimes what happens is that people will stop the medications because they feel good. Right. And, and so then you're like, like I, I don't, don't need, need it. it. Right. And when you are manic, it's very easily and you have these grandiose ideas and you think you're like so wonderful and amazing and everything's going, you know, the perfect and, you know, nothing could go wrong. So you stop your medication and then everything comes crashing down again. And so it is always important to have like a good support system too. Yes. That can be like, hey, like I noticed it seems like maybe you're kind of like off or like slipping, like have you. Mm -hmm. And learning to not to take offense to those things because you, these people are in your corner. And yeah, they're truly in your corner. And one of the ways I describe like a manic episode, the best that I can, since I'm not bipolar, I don't know, but just from what's been described, right? Mm -hmm. You know that moment where you're in your car and like a great song comes on and like the sun is out and you're like, it's a Friday afternoon and you just feel good. It's like that times like a hundred though, yeah, right? Because after that song's over, you're going to be like, all right, cool. Next song. It doesn't continue. And we'd love to hear feedback, too, from some of our listeners. If you guys experience this, like, can you please, like, write to us, tell us, like, tag us, whatever, like, about your experiences so we can share that with other people? Because Mm -hmm. I feel like this is a conversation we need to have and open up about and, like, talk to people about so they know, like, how to support friends and family with this and, like, we as therapists too, like know more about it and like other women can know about it. And like you guys can create like the support system if we just talked about it more, I feel. 
And recently, uh, Selena Gomez just came out. What uh, was it? Yeah, we were talking about. Yeah, Yeah. with a documentary and a new song um, about her battling depression and stuff. And Mm -hmm. we thought that was a great, you know, opening conversation and talking point, especially for like young women and stuff who might not have like a support system or like, or might be fearful of talking to friends and family about it. Or Um, not understand what they're going through. Right. Because maybe you think it's normal. Right. I mean, here she was, it talks about how uh, she was sharing that, you know, she was diagnosed with bipolar when she went through a period of being in psychosis. I think this was like Mm -hmm. back in 2018, 2019, right? Yeah. And you know what? We didn't define psychosis. How would we define psychosis for people? I would say almost kind of like in a blackout state. Mm-hmm. Um, doing very reckless, very extreme. I don't want to call it like crazy, right? But you don't make no. sense. You're not making sense. Your your paranoia is coming up. Um, this is when people will do like when you're in a psychosis. I mean, that's when you'll see people doing some of those things that you're like on TV, right? Oh, right. Real so kind of like um, when like Kanye West like goes off of things. So it's like it, it psychosis. I guess you could better say almost like dissociation, like mm-hmm. where you are totally having a break from reality. Yes, I there you go. Thank you. Yeah. That's it. So I think the. Th- what is confusing when we say psychosis is it sounds so similar to a lot of other things. Yes. But I think also in like a lot of like movies and things like that, when they've used that terminology, you almost think of like a person kind of like blanked out, like rocking in a chair. Or like schizophrenia. Right. And it's not. It's not that. It can be just like you're like completely out of it mm-hmm. and like you're having like a break from reality. Like you're not checked in. You're not tuned in. Like you said, like you're not. Um, you're doing these things like these motions, but there's like no connection. And they don't make sense. Right. They're not real, but they feel very real to you. Right. And they feel very valid. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of us will look at it and be like, um, that's not normal. I do know that we find a lot of celebrities actually end up having things like bipolar or mm-hmm. um, some of these other mental health issues, right? Right. Um, uh, Halsey. Um well, I just saw him a concert, Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, um, okay. Who else? Carrie Fisher, if you're older. Robert Downey Jr., mm-hmm. right? I mean, some of these ones that we can see. Mariah Carey. Mel Gibson. Yeah. You know, we've seen them on, you know, Charlie Sheen. Oh, yeah. He had a psychosis break. He had a was, break. Yep. Yeah. That was televised and things like that. Ben it, Stiller. Yeah. And so there's. And Aaron Carter, he just passed away. Oh. I didn't know that. Okay. But yeah, he, uh, he had a drug problem too, which is something else too. Like mm-hmm. this can mimic like a lot of things like substance abuse. Um, I mean, you can have it with, you know, other things like PTSD, anxiety, borderline personality disorder. These two also get confused a lot. Yeah. So um, it, it is very tricky to understand and diagnose. So you're not alone in feeling that if you're worried about it. Yeah. And if you're not sure... Get with a therapist who can help you evaluate this, mm-hmm. right? Get with a psychiatrist if you need medication management. Yeah. Um, but really start with your therapist because they're trained to to be like, okay, let's check and see what this is. And let's follow you along with this to see kind of how these behaviors happen. Yeah, and ask them to explain it. Like I am the type of therapist, like I will sit down and go through 
what a diagnosis is, Mm -hmm. what it means, what needs to be happening, what we're looking for, and make sure like it's being matched up. I know um, a lot of people probably aren't as thorough with that. So make sure you're asking the right questions and getting with the right therapist. But circling back also to why do so many creative types you think have bipolarism? Yeah, I think it's the way, I mean, Britney Spears, right? Right. I think it's the way their brains are wired. Just like ADHD, your brain is wired differently. Most ADHD are extremely creative, Mm -hmm. right? Those are your artists, your digital artists, your creators. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're different creators of different means. And so I think it's because you know, if we kind of stick to the neurodivergent brain, mm-hmm. right? And it, if the way it's wired, people, they, they have more creativity. Yeah. Well, a lot of them too, a lot of these um, actors and stuff have been childhood stars too. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's maybe something too that oh, comes trauma? into play with that. Yeah. Like childhood trauma or like maybe because they worked so hard, so young, they didn't have the normal, maybe like development. Oh, that they okay. would if if they were maybe like these are just like random ideas. This is nothing like these I know. are just my. This is not in DSM. Are, just yeah, so you know, these are this is not technical. Randy does not do technical terms on here. Um, so yeah, I think, <laughs> but yeah, because like I mean, if you were not out playing with sticks and stones or whatever or toys with your kids, and you're just you know supposed to be like a mini adult, like from a childhood on, that or, could like impact things. Yeah, or, you know, we could say that maybe they did have a bigger personality. Mm, true. And that yeah. they, because of the way their brain was wired, right. that is something they wanted to do yeah. because of more of that, you know, being able to go big. Right. Right. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. but like Randy said earlier, we would love to hear from you. If you would like to share with us, we would love to share and create you know, a network for people to kind of be able to share what their experiences are with Mm -hmm. this and make this normal. Yeah. And if you guys have more questions specifically about this or any other mental health topic, please go to our website, randyandjesspodcast.com and send us an email, leave us a comment, um, because we love talking about subjects that you guys want to get down and dirty on, you want to dig into, you want to know more about, because we just don't talk about this stuff enough. And that's what we're here for. Yep. Tune in next week and we'll talk to you then. See you later. Thanks for listening and normalizing mental health with us. Don't forget to check out our free resources and favorites on our website, unapologeticallyrandyandjess.com. Like and share this episode and tune in next week.